Hey there, everybody. want to welcome you to uh, what is still a brand new thing here at Spire, uh, SpireCast. And I'm, I'm excited about this because I'm excited about Spire. I don't know if you were a part of Spire just this last year when we had the virtual conference, which was incredible. Maybe some more of your team got to be a part of it or the first Spire event, but we've got Spire coming up uh, very soon. I'm telling you, October is going to be here before you know it. Excited to be in Nashville with everyone. And so I'm hosting what is uh, episode four here of SpireCast. This is an opportunity for you to have some nuts, bolts, and kind of get into some maybe the mechanics of something that you're working on, something that's on your desk, something that's written on your wall that you're like, I got to get to that. And the one thing that's probably missing for you to like get into the action of that would be this, uh, a mentor or someone that's like at the leading edge of that or someone who's a thought innovator in that area. And you just don't have access to it or you've not made time. And so SpireCast is trying to bring some of those leaders directly to you so that you can uh, interact with them and uh, getting ready to hang out with some people right now that are going to help you in that area. And so uh, my name is Johnny Scott. I'm a senior pastor here in the Tampa area at Generations Christian Church. And so I don't know where you're at right now, but I hope that if this is a, a topic as we dive into this with our guests and I'll watch some stuff from Spire, uh, maybe you want to take this and forward it to some friends. Uh, we You can be commenting right now. So if you're watching us live or you're watching later, uh, you want to probably want to check the comment section out. If you are with us right now in this moment and you want to comment, uh, you can tell us we can use your name or not, but we can dive in. I would like to... Uh, introduce uh we're getting ready to hang out with a guy named greg lee who has been a contributor uh there with spire and uh with what's going on and so greg you're joining us there's some people that know you some people have experienced you before some people don't know who you are or uh, our topic and so why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown of who you are what god's doing in your life man yeah absolutely uh thrilled to be here today guys i uh, love what spire's doing look forward to being in nashville and yeah, I serve as the lead pastor at Suncrest Christian Church in St. John, Indiana. That's really the Chicago suburbs, if you're uh, familiar with Northwest Indiana. So I've served here, it'll be 25 years this July, and you know, I've seen God do some incredible things. And of course, what I love to talk about is, yes, incredible things directly through our church, but our vision is a multiplying vision to start new churches and see those reproduced. And so um, that's that's without a doubt, the biggest impact our church is having. I always tell people, if anyone ever writes the story of Suncrest, nine out of the 10 chapters of the book should be about new churches we started and multiplied. Now, what an incredible thing to be doing. And I know as people get around the vision and what you've been able to be a part of there, it's, it's, you, you just get hungry for it. Right. And, yeah. uh, this we I, I've been saying that we are probably doing ministry in one of the most exciting times ever. You know, I'm third generation preacher, talk to a dad, talk to grand. They're like, man, if they could be preachers now when we're getting to do it. And it's hard. We're juggling a lot, but I'm telling yep. you, super, super exciting. And so we've got a series of videos that we're going to play kind of back to back that we think these are great. And uh, Greg and I, we're going to be here to talk with you. You can comment during the videos if there's some things that are going on, some things in your heart, some threads, maybe something's like, hey, I want to talk more about that. The whole point of this Spirecast is to really 
equip you, right? And so if you're watching this, you're like, man, I want to have a heart for this. I want to be doing this more. Uh, we're excited to have Greg here today. And I think that this just might be that one conversation for you, this digital experience that catapults the vision of your church and what you're doing in an incredible way. So please, if you're on, we want to get some comments, let us know. And uh, we're going to roll with these videos. And so if you've seen them before, take notes again. This is going to bless you. We're excited. We'll be back when these are done to chat with you guys some more. Hey, Spire Network. Nate Ross here, lead pastor at Northside Christian Church in New Albany, Indiana. Just want to take a moment to talk about the leader's heart for spiritual formation. This year as a church family, we celebrated our 50th anniversary as a church. And it has been unbelievable, the story that God is writing here. And we celebrated this year, the last 50 years. And we began to pray and ask God, would you lead us into the next 50 years? And as we began to pray and plan together, uh, what God kind of put on our hearts as the leadership is that God was calling us to, to start a two-year capital campaign, one, to expand our facility, we're out of space, and to eliminate the rest of the debt we had so we can multiply and do more work that God has called us to do. And we had a phenomenal capital campaign. Our commitment weekend was such an incredible moment as a church family. And then it happened. Two weeks after our commitment weekend, we had to shut down our campus due to COVID-19. Nothing like asking people to be generous people to expand a building that they can't even attend in at the time. And as a leader, I'm, this is my first time being a lead pastor. I've only been a lead pastor for two years. Uh, so really, I'm still trying to figure out what it means to be a lead pastor. I'd never done a capital campaign before. And I was absolutely disoriented. And it was in that moment that God reminded me of a verse that he had put on my heart back in October. We had a vision night with a bunch of leaders and we were wanting to get their input and share the vision and get their feedback with where we were going and what God was doing. And Joshua is my favorite book in the Bible. And I wanted just to inspire them and remind them of the, the verse in Joshua chapter three. I couldn't remember what verse it was at the time that says, consecrate yourselves today for tomorrow. The Lord is going to do amazing things among you. And I began to read Joshua chapter three. And here's what's interesting about spiritual formation. Spiritual formation is about seeing what Jesus wants you to see more than what you're looking for. I went looking in Joshua chapter three for what is verse five, but God wanted me to see verses two through four. And listen to what it says. It says, after three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people that when you see the ark of the covenant, the presence of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark and do not go near it. And I remember in that moment that God really convicted me. He was saying, Nate, you are more worried about your performance to inspire these leaders when what they really need is my presence. And this was what God was speaking to Joshua. Joshua, you've never led these people here before. You've never been the leader of them. Moses has. And yet my presence will lead you where you have never been before. And so how do we get there as leaders today? As we're navigating disorienting times, as we're stepping out in new ways. I think verse four leads us to it when it says this, but keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark, do not go near it. Well, what is it? 
Is it to follow the presence of God or is it to stay a thousand yards away from it? The answer is yes. The answer is to follow the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life and to do so with such a deep awe and fear and reverence of the Lord. I've said this a number of times during this pandemic to people. Hey, we got to choose faith over fear. We got to choose faith over fear. But if I'm honest with you, I'm always afraid of something as a leader. I'm always afraid of something that's coming up or the new challenges. I'm afraid of uh, if I speak out on any comment, if I comment on anything going on in culture today, I know this, if I speak out on it, I'm going to get blasted for saying something. And if I don't speak out on it, I'm going to get blasted for not speaking out. It's hard times to be a pastor right now. And what God was telling Joshua in this moment is this, you're going to be afraid and leaders today, you and I, we're going to walk around with some fear but it's about putting our faith in the right fear. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom and knowledge. See, this is why spiritual formation is so important as a leader. It's about seeing what God sees more than what you and I are looking for. So no matter what we go through, no matter what we face, when we follow the presence of the Lord, then, then we will know which way to go because we have for sure never been this way before. Hi, everyone. It's so good to be with you for this conference. Even though many of us are separated by a lot of miles, it's amazing that we can still join together virtually. I want to read this morning out of a passage from Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth. And I pray that it's just an encouragement to us as we consider this topic of the heart of a leader in generosity. I'm going to read beginning in verse 1. And as many of you know, this account, in uh, it, this is 2 Corinthians 8, is where the Apostle Paul is speaking and encouraging the church at Corinth to give in the way that these churches in Macedonia gave. Now, many of you know there were three churches in this region of Macedonia, the church at Philippi, the church at Thessalonica, and the church at Berea. And they were going through a very severe trial during this time. And so they, they were an unlikely source of generosity, and yet Paul utilized them to inspire other people. Beginning in verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Verse five is really amazing. They exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. I wanna stop right there. There's so much more we could say, but I wanna zone in right here on the heart of what the Apostle Paul might be saying. See, so often we focus on the motivation of our giving and even us as, as church leaders and church pastors sometimes seek that we wanna motivate our people to give by casting a vision for giving to something. That's not wrong or bad. Um, it's not incorrect to do that. It's, it's not even unbiblical to do that. But if we look at the precedent set by the Apostle Paul and even by Jesus, and I'd even argue by David in the Old Testament, 
is that all three of those men spent about this much time speaking about the giving to, where the money was going, even though I'm sure it was doing amazing things. And in this passage, this offering was being received for some of the poor churches in Jerusalem, the, the offering that the church at Corinth was going to give. But the Apostle Paul, Jesus, and David all spend about this much time speaking on the giving from, the heart and condition of the giver doing the giving. And I think oftentimes we as leaders, we as pastors are tempted, and maybe even especially in a season like we're in right now, we have so much pressure to make sure that our people know that their giving is doing amazing things. It's feeding people in our community. It's, it's healing marriages. It's bringing people to the Lord. Those are all incredible things, and we should continue to share the stewardship of where the funds are going. But it's often at the expense of discipling and nourishing our people. And I would even say it's often at the expense of us as pastors allowing God to shape our hearts. See, sometimes what's happening, what happens if you've been in ministry a while, or even if you've been an incredibly generous pastor, or generous leader in, in, in ministry for a while, is that we often become complacent, arrived, and relaxed as it relates to our own discipleship and giving. And I just want to encourage you, even the Apostle Paul says, as he goes on in, in verse nine, he says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. The gospel is what motivates us to give. The gospel should be our one true and pure motivation of why we give. And I just wanna encourage us that our freshness, our excitement, our joy, the more that we dive into who Jesus is and what he did for us, that's what should grow our generosity. The Apostle Paul goes on in chapter nine to say we shouldn't give out a compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. He goes even on to say that you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Even chapter nine, verse 12, he says, this generosity that you perform, it's not just providing the needs of the Lord's people, it's actually overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Other people will see this giving, verse 13, that you're doing. They will praise God because, of your, because it's accompanied by your confession of the gospel. Pastor, I just wanna encourage you in this time, in this season, maybe more pertinent than, and relevant than any other, to dive in deep with the Lord, to remember why you yourself give and to grow in that motivation and that that might be one of the most powerful things that will increase the generosity and the heart for generosity of your people. Be blessed, uh, be generous, and, and uh, thank you just for spending this time with us today. Hey, Spire family. A number of years ago, I was driving down the street and got pulled over by a police officer. When I looked in my rearview mirror and saw the officer approaching, I realized he's a member of our church. And of course, I felt embarrassment at first, and then a little relief. I thought, I'm probably not getting a ticket today. But he came up to my window and he gave me a little speech. He said, Greg, I'm gonna tell you something you already know, something you may not know, and I'm gonna ask you to step up. And he actually inspired me with a little talk about how we're both leaders and models in the community, and we need to drive that way. And I've been better ever since. Today, I'm gonna to talk to you about the leader's heart for church planning and multiplication in kind of the same way. Something you know, something you may not know, and ask you to step up. So what do you know? Well, if you're part of the Spire family, you're connected to the restoration movement. And the restoration movement has always valued church planting. It's a restoration movement, not a restoration manifesto, not a restoration moment. We've always been about spreading the news of Jesus all over the known world and doing it by starting and multiplying new churches. 
And it's really strong today. Wherever you are, you're within a stone's throw or one relationship away from a really healthy local or regional church planning organization or a national or international one. Things are good. And most of you probably know that. But when I was 21 years old, I stepped into my first ministry at Suncrest Christian Church and had the chance to work under a leader named John Wassum. He quickly became my mentor, and he was a leader, still is, in church planting in our movement. And it gave me a whole new view, maybe an inside view of church planting. I got the chance to sit in meetings I probably didn't belong in, but with men and women who were strategizing and dreaming and planning new churches and multiplication, people who had come together with great sacrifice of their best leaders and ministry dollars. It was an inspiring place to be. And I remember kind of reconciling in myself some of my young ministry dreams to have a big church and a big platform and kind of having to say to myself, well, Greg, you'll have to choose between making the biggest impact you can and getting the most lights to shine on you. And even from a practical perspective for the kingdom of God, you'll have to choose that by starting and multiplying new churches and sacrificing who you are, that's actually a bigger way to impact the kingdom of God than just to build one big church. And ever since then, we've seen our church flourish and the kingdom of God flourish through it. Now, we're not alone. Many churches are seeing church planning movements come out of them. But just in Suncrest's story, over our 25 years, we have started more than 50 new churches. And we've started, those churches have started more than 500 churches. Our central vision as a church is to impact 1 million people by our 40th anniversary through starting and multiplying new churches. And we're actually ahead of pace. This is what I'm trying to say to you with a dedicated, Holy Spirit-infused, sacrificial investment of yourself, you could be part of church planting and multiplication, and the impact is endless. Some of my best friends in the world today are ones I work on church planting with, and I've been listening to them recently. It, this is the good news. In 2015, only 4% of churches in America were actually reproducing churches, truly church planting churches, and just by last year, that had already increased to 7%. There's all kinds of momentum around this. We're winning. Another friend of mine looks at the current cultural moment we're in where churches are dealing with racial issues and racial injustice. But what we're finding is that in our movement, which has historically been predominantly white, some of the best diversity is coming out of our movement and starting new churches. And not just starting new churches among minority populations, but putting healthy leaders in the same rooms together with people who are not necessarily like them, but we're sacrificing together and talking together and strategizing together and loving one another. And I think it's a beautiful witness to the world. And so I want to invite you into it. Maybe you're someone who should plant a church. It takes an entrepreneurial spirit and it is not for everyone. More than anything else, it takes a calling. But I want you to think, if you've ever sensed from the spirit of God that maybe you should be someone who steps out and starts a new church. Don't sleep on that. Let it come out. Let it flourish. And if you don't know where else to go, email me, greg.lee at suncrest.org. I'd love to connect you with your next steps in that process. And then there's a lot of us who aren't the person who's going to plant the church, but we leave our marks on the churches we serve. And I want to ask everyone that part of your legacy would to make sure your church or your ministry is invested in church multiplication, that you're taking a posture that's unselfish and kingdom-oriented and sending out your best leaders and making financial sacrifices. And if you don't know how to get into that game, whether you're a church that's large or small, 
rural or urban, no matter where you are, everyone has a role in this. You can email me too, greg.lee at suncrest.org. I'd love to help to take your next step. Listen, the restoration movement is a movement. We plant churches and it's going to change the world. There are three incredible talks, Greg. You got to watch yourself, right? <laughs> you gave that talk, you got to watch yourself. I remember hearing that story from Nate and then seeing both of those talks again. And it's it was good to watch them and hear them again. And so I want to say hello to a few people that are on with us. We got uh, Greg Weaver from Memphis. Uh, you're hanging out with us right now. Hello, Greg. And then Chelsea Robbins is also on here as well. So hello to Chelsea. Uh, so a couple of things in all this. Great to have you here with us in a different way than Spire, where we can actually kind of unpack some of this. One thing about, uh, you know, as we were watching my buddy Nate Ross talk, you know, what are, while we're in COVID, because he just kind of brought that up, whether we're at the beginning of the end, or I, no commentary on that. But for you, as, you know, you're talking with other church planters, what are some of the biggest mistakes people are making right now in this season as it pertains to like vision and carrying this out? What are some ruts we're getting into? Can you help us with what you're learning about church planning in this in this environment? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of my favorite things about being involved in church planning is it means I get to hang out with church planters who I think are, you know, they're the most entrepreneurial leaders. They're already flexible. They have a vision. So COVID has been a season where I think new churches have thrived and shined and you know really are pace setters for the rest of us who could get stuck in some old ways but the, i see i think i see the choices they're making are number one to make sure you're choosing the right battles right because there, there's so many battles available to us and you heard nate say you know if i speak up on this people are mad if i don't speak up people are mad and there's a lot of discernment i think these days about when to use your voice and when not to and I really believe only the Holy Spirit can guide you to that. You know, Twitter's not going to guide you to that. You know, even honestly, for conversations with other pastors, they're in different situations and different settings. They may or may not guide you to that. But we have to pay attention to, to choosing which battles we, we tackle. And the, the gospel-centered ones are always the right ones, right? Yeah, man. I, so I hear it loud and clear. Choosing the right battles, discernment, the Holy Spirit to your own unique context because it's going to be completely different and God's equipping you with what you need in your context. Well, we, we switch, you know, the second video, we switch a little bit uh, more towards this idea of generosity because those things, they go together. You know, the entrepreneurial guy, it takes to say, I'm going to, I'm going to find people. We're going to invest in people. We're going to plant church. We're going to have that heart. Generosity, it, it starts to rub close with that. And a lot of guys, there are some guys that love to talk about this. There are some guys that dread it. Right. And what I find is the more, I read God's word about this, the more I get to tell people, this is actually for you, right? So as a pastor who's done this for a long time, and you've, you've man, hey, what an incredible vision, you know, 50 churches that are going to plant 500 churches, you guys are on your way to your goal, beating your goal, praise God for that. What is it that you would have as encouragement to lay people and pastor people when you're talking about this issue of generosity, how it couples with what you do even? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've sat in the room with Julie Bullock before and she's challenged me about my own generosity and it's caused me to grow. So I was, I was happy to have her do that with everyone else too. So I, I always come back to this passage that talks about with our generosity, we are supposed to decide in our heart, you know, what we're going to give. And I always think that's an interesting construction because you're making a decision, but it's not just a calculation, it's something going on in your heart. 
So when she says, hey, don't ignore the vision, right? Give, you know, talk about that to the, about the difference it will make. I always think that's what I used to, that used to be the only thing I would do. And if there was a capital campaign or there was a project or whatever, we'd inspire people to give. But when she, you know, she's absolutely right to say, okay, that's important. But does that mean the message goes away? All the other, you know, when there's not a capital campaign and that it's really about discipling ourselves and stretching ourselves and sacrificing. I think that is the message that actually grows followers of Jesus. And, you know, that, that makes the biggest impact in church planning and everything else. No doubt. No, it's, as I'm listening to your talk again, right, and I'm just thinking through your journey and trying to put myself, you know, it's inspiring. You know, like we, we need to be have this heart, this heart for planting way more. I'm thinking about the idea that in the kingdom of heaven, people are treasure. That's yes. what's treasure in the people in, in the kingdom of heaven. And so I, I would love to hear from you just drill down a little bit more on if you're planting churches and they're planting churches or planting churches, you've got to have an eye for leader, 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 right? And your mechanism, machine, systems for empowering leaders, right? And mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure you've made some mistakes on leaders, right, Greg? Yes. And how loose, how timid do you get in the future when you've like let that go? And so just drill down a little bit for me. I get the vision. Talk to me about the people and how you're equipping people to do this. Yeah, no, that's great. It, one of the things, you know, we keep this list of all the new churches we've started. And one of the things I try to highlight, which I think is surprising to people, is we have churches that didn't make it. They've closed since they started. And I think, first of all, we should just acknowledge that because that's that's part of the mix. If you have to bat a thousand, you'll never start. And and that's part yeah. of the mix. Also, the guys who led those churches, they were doing what God called them to do. It made an impact when they did. So so I never, you know, in answering the question about discerning leaders and developing the right leaders and sending the right leaders, I always think, don't don't lock yourself into, I have to get it perfectly right um, or God won't use it. But absolutely, I mean, <laughs> everything rises and falls on leadership, right? I, I think that's that's a true statement in the world. I think it's the truth of God in some ways. So being willing to say no you know, to like, we, 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 there's an assessment process. If you've been around church planting at all, you know, it's really wise to, to encourage people to take that assessment. That is, those assessment places will either, you know, tell people, yes, you're ready. No, you're not ready. Slow down, get this experience, be equipped, maybe later join part of a team. It really helps people find the right spot in starting new churches. And, you know, I don't know a lead pastor who's ever said, yeah, we have too many leaders. <laughs> Right. So that pipeline, that developing leaders to send out <laughs> to the churches is everything. Yeah. 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 So you know, I, I, as I think about this and, you know, I listened to your talk about some of those guys going out. I, I would imagine that most people wouldn't think that you would keep a list of guys that do this. And I think of Jesus, you know, he's telling the story about a guy who's throwing seed. Right. And we know right. the different types of soil. It sounds to me and I don't want to oversimplify it, but it sounds to me, Greg, like you say, and I would imagine this would be true that you'd probably just say, well, if that's what's going to happen with the seed, my job is to get more seed out. Right? Yes. And yes. a lot of people say, I'm baking the perfect seed and I've got one. Right. And it's perfect. Mm -hmm. right? like, mm -hmm. And you come along. Greg comes along. You're like, hey, give me the bag. Right. And you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You're like, hey, 25 percent of this is not going to make it for this reason. Twenty five percent for this reason. And you just keep going to the truck and getting more seed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's so much wisdom of that in that, Johnny. And I, you know, it doesn't mean don't be strategic. Like I, I want us to be 
wise stewards of the resources, whether it's money or leaders that we have. But totally. absolutely, if, if there's a fear, it's actually that we're waiting too long. It has to be just right before we go. So, you know, when churches, you know, we have this big vision and churches do this different ways. But for me, it's very important that we have a portfolio of church planning. That might sound too professional, but what it means is yeah, there are some projects that are urban projects that cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to do. And there's some projects that are more rural and they can be done with less resources. And there's projects that are international where, you know, you can put in churches, you know, for the cost of one in the United States. We do it all because we're tossing seed everywhere that it'll go. Sometimes it flourishes, sometimes it doesn't. Our job's just to fan the flame, toss the seed. I love that. I love that. You know, one of the greatest joys about our movement is days like this, conversations like this, blessings like this, of getting to spend time with other people. I'm encouraged by what's going on. I'm sure the people that are watching this live or who are going to tweet about it or Facebook and someone's going to watch it later, they're going to be encouraged. So I want you all to know, uh, Greg, one thing you did in your talk is you said emailing. And you yes. gave your email and you know it really good. Can you give it to us one more time so we yep. can get that? Greg.Lee at suncrest.org. I would love to hear from you. I'll help connect you with your best resources in starting new churches. That's that's the resource. Relationship is everything. Also, you don't have to do this alone. If God's putting this on that's your heart, it. dive in. And I hope I want everyone to know that Spire is September 14th to 16th. Sign your team up. We've signed our team up. We're taking our leadership team. We were blessed last year on the virtual conference the year before. And uh, we want you and your team to get there to Nashville. It's going to be amazing. So, Greg, thanks for making this a part of your day today. And may God bless you as you uh, keep keep doing up there in the great state of Indiana, baby. I love it. God bless everybody. We'll see you. Right, see you guys.